Hi, my name's Malcolm Nichols, and welcome to my podcast, Man O' Man with Malcolm Nichols. So this is a, a podcast series that is taking you inside the mind of a 40, 40-something-year-old year old male. And its intention really is to, to get men talking about a lot of the issues that we face as we move through life, get a little bit older. So its intention is to reach out to men, but also um, to help women perhaps get a better understanding of what the fuck is going on inside of a, a man's head, just as men often wonder what the hell is going on inside a woman's head. So I'm hoping that through these podcasts you might be getting a little bit of an insight. So as such, uh, this week and for the next few weeks, I'm going to embark on a on a on a podcast series, if you like, it's going to be three or four episodes. And what I'm looking to, what I'm wanting to do, is to explore this, uh, the movement that's been going on in the last couple of years. Me too. Um, hashtag Me too. I've personally become really, really um, moved by it, interested in it, um, and. And I'm feeling that something that it, it's it's a movement that's got a whole lot of potential, but I feel like it's um, it's got a little bit stuck personally. And and so what I'm what I'm wanting to do is kind of tackle it and but have a look at it from a very different or have a look at it from a very different way. Up until now, it feels as if there have been a lot of women speaking out and not a lot of men really um, listening not a lot of real engagement around it and what I'm what I'm hearing is I've I've heard a lot of anger and sadness and grief and a whole number of things that have come out of women's experiences of their interactions with men and what I haven't heard is a lot about how men have been actually feeling about it or what's what's been going on for men and and so as a consequence, I feel like there's this, a, still a big divide that's, that exists between the, the women's experiences and their stories about their experiences and how men are responding to it. Um, so I want to see if I can bridge some of this divide, bridge some of this gap, and, and I'm going to do it over, over a podcast series. So my intention is that this episode is going to be a bit of an introduction. It's going to be, you know... A bit about why I'm personally interested in Me Too, how I'm interpreting it, and what I think might be a way forward for how we can possibly look to bridge this gap and and heal and bring 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 both men and women back together again a little bit because um, it, it's certainly feeling you know a little bit fractured at the moment. The second um, the second episode I um, I'm inviting a group of women to come and talk about their experiences um, of being around men. You know, how has it been for them? What, are, what is it? What do, they, what do they feel? What do they think? Um, what have been some of their um, more traumatic experiences? Um, what, uh, and, and also looking at what is it they, what, what would they like for men? What would they like in their relationship with men going forward? Because I think that's a really big one. And there are going to be a number of other questions, um, but the, the key thing is is that the invitation is to a, a group of women to be able to sit and talk and share their experiences. And then the third podcast is going to be a group of men, 
and one of my because one of my one of the big things that I've been feeling about this whole thing for a long time is that um, there hasn't been a lot of listening to what it is that women are saying to men uh, uh, you know about their experiences I think when it's been said you know there's been a lot of um, uh, people either trying you know men trying to either defend themselves or brush it off or but also not a lot you know and and with also but also no idea of what really to do about it you know it's a, it's a it's a really daunting it's a it's a big thing you know it's 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 a pretty daunting issue so what i what my my thought is around the third podcast is to have a group of men come together who have really listened to what it is that women that that the women are saying in this podcast but also who have listened to other um experiences of women and it's not what the intention here is is not to um necessarily try to fix it because that's one of the things right that often there is this thing that something's wrong so we need to try to fix it yes that would yes that's a goal down the track but for now in this in this instance the first thing i think is really important is for men to be able to hear and and really absorb and listen what it is that is happening for women in, in our presence and part of that is is the is the ability for men to actually hold the anger, the sadness, the grief that women are experiencing without trying to either fix it, minimize it, um, make it go away, heal it prematurely, whatever it is. I think the first step is is that we actually just need to, to listen and hold the space. You know, I've often said that, you know, I've had a, a number of people said, yeah, we, what, we, what we need to do is that there needs to be a dialogue between the sexes. And I actually think that... We're, we're a ways away from dialogue. The first thing that needs to happen is men actually just simply need to listen. That, that's point one, place one. So that's the intention of the third podcast is to create a space where men actually listen and then reflect on what it is they've heard. And after that, then my hope is that the fourth podcast the final one is an opportunity where we can actually come together and look at what can be done about it. So, you know, my hope is that the woman will have a series of requests for men and that um, and that the men will be able to respond at once we've heard, be able to respond to those requests and maybe we, maybe we might have an opportunity to put um, some ideas further forward as well. But the intention here is that we can only get. I think we can only get to that space when, when there is a sense that, you know, um, women have been heard and and feel honoured and respected enough that we can then start to look at what can be done about it. So, anyway, so, so who knows? This, this is a it, it's a it's an attempt. It's um it's something that I've been really keen on doing. Uh, I have no idea how it's going to pan itself out. <laughs> And I have no idea if anybody's going to be interested in it or not. Uh, for me, it's personally, this is personally a bit of a, um, yeah, it's something that I've become quite passionate about or interested in and and have wanted to do something about for quite a while. So yeah, this is this is a start or step in the direction for me. So, you know, I, I guess to, 
as by way of introduction, you know, one of the first things that I think is important to ask from my answer from my perspective is, is why am I interested in, in doing this? Why, what, you know, and, and I've had a number of people ask me, you know, why am I so interested in, in this topic? Why am I um, wanting to spend time talking about it and, and you know, and potentially, um, you know, at times... I've held, held some men to account around it, or challenged men around it. You know, so what, what's in it for me? You know, why am I so interested? So, and and you know, there's a num- there's a number of personal issues that I, or personal reasons that I have for this. Um, you know, and and the, the, there are there are three. Well, there are three really strong personal issues, right? One, one. Personal issue for me is that you know, I, I personally myself have um, suffered some sexual abuse. You know, when I was fifteen, um, my soccer coach um, abused me twice, and it's it, it took me until I was late about forty years old, so right around the time when you know shit had started hitting the fan really severely for me was the time that I actually, was the first time I started talking about it. So that's 25 years on. So 25 years I carried, I carried that um, as a secret. <clears throat> and I can tell you why I carried it as a secret, because I felt, you know, I felt huge shame around it. Um, you know, one of the, and one of the big reasons was, you know, I was, I was 15, you know, I wasn't like a fucking five-year-old. I was I was a fifteen-year-old, and you know, and one of my big pieces of shame was, you know, I, why why didn't I tell that fucking asshole to piss off? Why didn't I punch him in the face? Why didn't I do a whole bunch of things? Right? Um, you know, he he probably at that stage wasn't actually much bigger than me. You know what I mean? And yet, um, in my mind, for many many years, I thought I let him abuse me. You know, and so I felt fuck. I felt immense shame with it, huge shame, and um, and then of course I felt shame that I couldn't even talk about it. You know, so this this massive shame cycle that I, I got caught in around it. You know, and it wasn't until I started to actually own, you know, talk about the situation to share it first with my counsellor, then my family, and then friends and. And now I feel as you know, I feel relatively comfortable talking about it. Although, even as I'm sharing this now, there is there's certainly um, I can feel the sweat forming in my armpits and across my brow. You know, it's still there's still a lot of trigger and emotion around this for me. But you know, one of the, the big thing I realise is is one of the reasons why this occurred was the immense power dynamic. Or power differential that existed between myself and my abuser. You know, he was a man in, um, you know, he was my coach. He was a man and held in high esteem. He was much older than me, um, and he used that power dynamic to fucking get what he wanted, to take from me, to abuse me. You know, and he consciously chose to do that. And and for me that you know that that's been one of the biggest things that as I've come to grips with it all that I've really come to realise that is is one of the biggest things 
as I see it, behind all of this abuse that takes place, you know, whether it's sexual abuse or um, uh, domestic violence or, you know, abuse at work, um, employers over employees, et cetera, et cetera, you know. It's all to do with this power dynamic. People having a, a, a sense of power over somebody else and taking advantage of that and, and abusing that, you know. And in this case, you know, you know, my abuse, it was, you know, somebody was doing that consciously. Um, but one of the interesting things that I've come to see over the years is that, you know, there's, there's this kind of conscious abuse where like, like my, the, the, the the sexual abuser for me but there's there is this there is a lot of real actual unconscious there are moments where we're really we're, we're kind of unconscious about the p- different power differential that that exists you know and you know for, for me a lot of this is summed up in this um you know the the white male privilege thing that that i you know, we can debate this, but from my perspective, I, I think it's a very real thing. You know, that white male privilege. You know, I have no fucking idea. As a white male, I have no idea what it is like to be a person of colour, to be a woman, to be anything else. But what I do know is that I've had it fucking easy. I've I've actually had it easy, and it's and and it may not necessarily be the colour of my skin. It's the attitude that I've grown up with. I've known I've I've had a level of comfort in my life simply because I've grown up with an expectation that um everything is going to be okay. I've really grown up with with no fear whatsoever um in in real terms in real terms you know no fear whatsoever about um about whether uh, or about any hardships in life. Your know, life has been pretty Pretty easy, and I know there are lots of white white men out there who don't have it easy, right? But but even then, there's still this white male privilege. You know, you just think. I mean, I you know, one of the things that comes up for me is the the racism that that's exists. You know, I think of America, but it could be anywhere. It could be bloody South Africa. It could be what's happened in Australia and New Zealand over the years. It could be anywhere, right? But you know, I often think about how you know the white you know, in, in the south, for example, we've seen all these movies where the you know the white uneducated hick and and the educated black man and the white person just feels the superiority simply because of their color. Now we may think that we've moved on from that, but on a deep subtle level, it, a lot of this does still exist. It exists everywhere, and so the same thing exists in the in the in the in the dynamic in the relationship between men and women in many, not everywhere, but I think there is just this, sometimes this lack of um, awareness of how the different, how there is a different power, different, there is a uh, power differential between men and women. Sometimes it's just purely on a physical level, but other times, you know, it's just this, the, the sense of, um, domination and it shows up everywhere you know it shows up in the workforce it shows up um, in the way we distribute our um, or you know have for years distributed our, um, our duties at home and and various other things right it's it's just kind of there and exists and it's it's a holdover 
for years, and in some cultures it's much stronger than others. You know, granted now there are, there are absolutely some cultures whereby um, this power differential is is shrinking remarkably. You know, and and actually and um, you know, and I can't speak. I can't speak for everyone where I know I'm applying a gross generalization, but but what I one of what I think a lot of the, the Me Too, um, what it's what Me Too has brought up for me has brought up this this power differential that consciously and unconsciously exists between men and women. So often it is consciously played out, played upon, um, but oftentimes it's unconscious. And I, God knows, I'm sure that. Um, I could reflect on a number of times where I've unconsciously um, made a woman un- made a woman uncomfortable just simply uh, because I've been a man in that situation. You know, whether it's sitting at a bus stop or um, walking down the street late at night, and and I've been a little bit drunk or whatever it is. You know, all those situations, right? Like I, I most of the, I'm, I'm probably unaware of how that woman feels. But I'm sure that there have been a number of times when, when um, I've been in the presence of women, and they've probably been uncomfortable in the presence of me. And uh, and that's a sobering thought. I have that as a sobering thought. So, you know, so 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 yeah, I, I've my my own story uh, around abuse is one thing. It's certainly open. You know, that that's got me wanting to talk about me too and here's another reason around that abuse is that I think nowadays it's one of the things that's really happening is that people are getting more comfortable talking about abuse all the stuff that's coming out about the church that you know that people are coming out and talking about it but one thing we're not really good at talking about is is the healing of all of this you know we're kind of you know, we might, you know, we're kind of left to our own devices to heal, to get our way through it, you know, and and I and and it's not easy. It's hard. I can say it's hard from my own experience. I mean, I'm I'm grateful to for the for the lifetime of of training and learning how to communicate that I've got from my from my dad and my mum and from all the things I'm done. But a lot of people don't, you know. And, and we're left with all these wounds, but we're also most people are also left on their own to work their way through it, and um, and that's just that that is uh, that that's a tough place to be in, and so that's another reason for me wanting to get in on this because you know even though a lot of women are speaking out and maybe they've got all these support groups and everything, but if they're not feeling supported by men then the healing itself is not happening, right? And so uh, that that's another that, that's a big piece for me too, is around the acknowledgement of, of actually healing, you know. I don't want to... I, th- I think it's not up to women to fucking heal it on their own because I think I said this in my very opening podcast, but I, I'm definitely going to say this now, that this issue, me too, this power differential, the... The, the, the sense of whether it's um, abuse or uneasiness or whatever it is that women are experiencing in the presence of men, <clears throat> it's this is a problem that affects women, but that needs to be addressed by men, I, th- I think, because women suffer from the male 
the male abuse of the power differential or the, and the, whether and the unconscious or conscious abuse of it. Women are the people who suffer from it, but men are the ones who are perpetrating it. And so the men are the ones who need to actually fucking do something about it, take responsibility for it. So hence why I'm here. Somebody has to put their hand up. And I know a lot of people have. And I know there's a lot of men who have done stuff. You know, they've probably been drowned out in, in the silence of the, of the masses, but there are a lot of men doing stuff, and, and this is my little piece. So that's one reason why I'm, I'm getting into this. Another reason why I want to get into it is, you know, I've spent um, a number of years working in the world of leadership, and it has really um, surprised me. It, it meant, you know, it kind of created this, this idea of the, the ball breaker, the ball breaker businesswoman, right, who, who didn't have children and, had, you know, put a career first and all this kind of stuff. But really she was as masculine, if not more so, than, than the men in the room. <clears throat> Whereas in, in my years of doing this leadership, I've come to see the beauty and the strength in women leading more, more from the feminine, more from the space of allowing the um, the beauty of the the feminine energy and and I, and and I just want to acknowledge here that that feminine energy is is different from women women can carry feminine energy women can carry masculine energy just as men can can carry both as well and we all do to to a greater or lesser degree within ourselves you know it's the yin and yang right we've got bits of all of it but you know, it is fair to say that the majority of women tend to be more feminine, the majority of men tend to be more masculine. And and what I you know, what I've come to see is how beautiful it is when women get an opportunity to really to lead with that feminine energy, to really step into it. And one shining example for me that I see in the world right now is. Uh, Jacinda Ardern, the New Zealand Prime Minister, you know, she is um, a woman who seems, I mean, I, I don't, don't live in New Zealand anymore, so I can't really speak, and obviously politics is a game that's fraught with, fraught, fraught with opinion and, um, and, and political divide, and particularly at the moment. But I have to say, what I've, what I've, what I've seen in her is, is a woman who is beautifully in her in her feminine energy, her feminine strength, and and what that brings to the table is a really unique way of way of leading. Well, and when I say unique, it, it's not unique because fifty percent of the world can do it, right? But but it's unique in that it's um, it's it's different from what we normally do. It's different from this kind of more masculine. Um, argumentative, slightly bullying thing that often gets done in politics. You know, she seems to be doing something really difficult. But what it also means is that it brings a level of compassion and it brings a level of um, nurturing to the, to the realm of leadership that we've sorely been lacking for, for so long, you know. The reason we're so fucked in this environmentally in the world in many ways, in my opinion, having, as I said, spent the many years in leadership, is that um, when, men, when, when all we've got is, is people leading men, 
and it's not even it's not even a mature masculine. It's more of an immature masculine that they're leading with. You know, they're all just kind of swinging dicks, right? When you've got a bunch of men doing that, there's not there, there's it, it's it's a very analytical, it's a very macho environment, and and it becomes dog eat dog, and that's what's ended up happening, right? We've lost. Well, we, we've lost, and we need more of we need more compassion, and um, and women contain that in such a beautiful and hold the container of that in in a way that men really struggle with, and and um, you know I know that you know, I carry a lot of I, I carry a lot of both masculine and feminine energy, but um, you know there are, there are times when I look at the, the, the a woman leader, a feminine woman, a feminine leader, and it, I find it really inspiring. And I want to encourage more of that. And so again, the getting into this um, discussion around too is is driven by that. It's a recognition of how beautiful the the, the uh, feminine energy is, and I want to invite it more strongly out into the world. And if it's feeling quashed. If women are feeling quashed or they're feeling um, uh, unable to speak out because of uh, the men, because of the way that the men are utilizing this power differential to, to shut women down, then I want to break that. I want to I want to turn it on its head because I I don't think that's doing the world any favors at all. So you know, so that's a uh, that's a big reason, another big reason for why I want to, why this discussion. And I'll tell you what, the third big one is I have a daughter and I want her to grow up in, in a world where I know that she is, uh, she's really, really safe. She's, she's honoured for who she is. She's respected for who she is. Um, and also knows, I, I want her to be able to know how to interact with boys, with men, you know, because I think one of the things that this is, this is bringing up now is it's all of a sudden this whole thing about how like how do we interact with each other you know (laughs) how do we engage it's all it's all becoming it's all a little bit unknown right or the way that it's been done for years and years and years is beginning to come crashing down it's like you know all these music artists and everything you know for a long time they've had a a way of kind of um taking advantage of women it's certainly coming out a lot you know there's a lot of that and you know all of that has come crashing down you know there's a there's a lot of guys i know who are going who, who are you know the, the 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 guys who are reacting going fuck i hope i hope i haven't done anything wrong or whatever in the past that uh, are in that fear because the rules of everything have uh, have changed changed are changing dramatically as they need to as they need to as they do, damn well need to, you know, and and so that's going to be an interesting question as part of this discussion. It's like, you know, do we hold everybody to account for things thirty, forty years ago? I don't have an answer to that. I don't have an answer to that. And what do we hold them to account for? You know, all of this is really interesting stuff, which I think needs to be talked about and discussed. And. But, you know, for me, yeah, coming back to this why, you know, it's because I have a daughter and I want her to 
I don't, I don't want her to be scared of men. I don't want men to be scared of my daughter. <laughs> I, I want I want them to be able to interact and to play and be you know and be sexual beings. You know, the last thing I'd also want out of this is for all of us to start shutting down our sexuality. You know, that would be just a fucking tragedy, right? And um, so you know, we need to we need to find out. We we need to. We need to look at this. We need to work at it. We can't ignore it. I don't think we can. I don't think we can ignore it. So yeah. So I mean, they're my. They're three of my big, big reasons why I want to do this. And and I don't really have any idea of how this is going to play itself out. But I'm just really, really fascinated. And I'm hoping that as a consequence of this, that we can begin to have more discussions. You know, I want to. Have a have it in forums where we're doing this and face to face where um, we we can we can do this the similar thing that I'm doing on podcasts create an environment where women can talk and men just simply listen and hold the space for what it is that women are saying hold hold the the anger the sadness the grief you know and that's one of the beautiful things about the masculine you know the masculine. I, the masculine energy is is one of the that's one of the beautiful parts of the masculine energy is its capacity to hold the space for the feminine i think you know this is one of the other things i want to have this too is you know at the moment all all the talkers around things like toxic masculinity and um this immature masculine and and the bro culture and, you know, all these things. It's all just a whole bunch of negative stuff that has been tossed out, you know. It's like, fuck, what is the, you know, let's let's also get back into what are the beautiful things about the masculine? What are the beautiful things about the feminine and the way that they interact? You know, and one of the beautiful things about the masculine is that when a a man is sitting in his energy in a really um, uh, contained, powerful way, he can create a container. The masculine can create a container for the feminine to be able to express and feel and share whatever they need to feel in a safe way. And you know that's part of what I'm wanting to do with this with this series is to um, is to have that be done in that. And I would love to be able to do that in a in a forum where it's face to face where men and women are doing this, where men are holding a container or the, the masculine is holding a container for the feminine. And um, and then after that, um, only after there's been a container that's been held and it's been pure listen, listening, only after that can there begin to be discussion. I don't think we can have a discussion without the listening first. So... Okay, guys. I hope uh, I hope you know, this has piqued your interest, and and I really hope that whoever that you're you're willing and able to listen to the next few podcasts to hear uh, everything that is said and and partake. So I really am keen on on hearing your thoughts um, after this podcast. Now, you know, what do you think? <laughs> am I am I dreaming? <laughs> Or is, is this a really fucking good idea? And how can we spread the spread the word on this? How can we make this happen in more places? So, you know, yeah, please please let me know what you think. I, I'm really really keen, and 
and please stay tuned for the next um, the next three podcasts because I'm hoping there's going to be some real gold. So once again, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Sign off, and until we meet again next week, this is Malcolm Nichols saying sayonara.